What's up? That's my thing. <laughs> That's what you get. <coughs> That's what you get. Episode three. <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. Welcome to the Wanderers Podcast. I'm Derek. And I'm Tessa. And we're your hosts for this thing we're doing called the Wanderers. Called the Wanderers. So, you know, we've been talking about how do we, how, how should we structure this, this talk, this conversation? Because what we don't want to do is just sit on the couch and ramble for a while, which we can Nobody do. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> um, maybe some people do, but, <clears throat> but we want to try to create a bit more uh, I don't know, structure and um, sort of maybe set some expectations. Oh, uh, that's going to matter later. Set some expectations for you as you listen uh, so that when you start a new episode, you can go, okay, what am I going to expect to hear? So we decided that um, for each talk, for each episode, we're obviously going to have a topic, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but we also wanted to have maybe some like, I don't know, a bit of banter or um, just a, another like side thing that we've thought about or yeah, basically read about. just record what we normally talk about mm. but now just in the context for this yes yeah like i'm coming home from work always and, you and come i'll home say from hey work babe have guess what i learned today a plethora of hey so i read about this new app or <laughs> have you heard about this new i don't know thing <clears throat> elon elon musk has mm, oh yeah developed i mean he's Kind yep. of a nerd like mm. that. Hey, he's Cute. changing it's... the world. But you're right, he's a nerd. No, Total you're the nerd. Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> you're saying I'm the nerd. <laughs> awesome. I accept that. Uh, I accept so that. Great. So it was my birthday this past week. Yep. I'm the ripe old age, young age, ripe young age, 31. And I'm, I'm starting to feel it, actually. I feel like I'm starting to feel it. What are you feeling? I feel like I'm seeing multiple doctors. I got knee problems. I'm like, what the heck is happening? But anyway, it was my birthday a couple days ago, and my wonderful, incredible wife sitting next to me um, surprised me with uh, with a few things. The first, probably the, the the biggest in my mind, is she surprised me with. I have to be careful how I say this. A, a Tesla. No, she did not buy me one. <laughs> Although that you would wish. be a dream come true. Uh, no, we have a friend who, who they own a couple, actually, and they rent them out. And so they said, anytime you uh, want to use one, just ask. And so she asked. This is actually the second time we got to do this. And so for my birthday, she took me to pick up this, this Tesla to drive around. And she said, okay, babe, you've got several hours to yourself. Go do what you want. And I was just beside myself yeah you were almost like what i don't even know what to do with myself yeah well one i was Other like than but, just drive around <laughs> or go sit somewhere and read but i wanted to be in the car <laughs> <laughs> so so i left and at one i knew i had to go get coffee i had to go get coffee somewhere it's a harvey staple have to so i went and got coffee and then I'm, i started thinking about well i want to drive this car i mean how many opportunities do you have to drive a freaking Model S, you know, Tesla. So I looked up some different drives while I'm sitting there drinking my coffee, and I'm like, no way. I, I know exactly where I want to go. Germantown Road. That's where I want to go. That's my favorite road so far in Portland, in northwest Portland. And I'm not going to use a map. I don't, I'm not, I don't have a destination. I'm just going to drive Which for a while. Which is fabulous. Love, love not having a destination 
per se mm-hmm. on a GPS and mm-hmm. you can just kind of drive. I, I honestly, how many of you out there drive in your city without a GPS always? Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed with you. Mm-hmm. I have lived here for two years and actually kind of grew up not in this area, but near the area. And I still have to use my GPS and I still like to use it to go to places I know where I'm going because I like to know my, my, Your ETA. my ETA. Oh gosh. And then when I'm like a few minutes after, but you know, I'm like, Oh man, I should have got here sooner. I like to do that, but rarely, but only to see if I can beat the ETA. Right. Yeah. But that's dangerous that too. That is dangerous. Anyway, so I had several hours to myself, so I just drove around Northwest Portland and I and blaring music, by the way, like some of my favorite tunes, just whatever came to mind. I Which you don't get to do as parents very often. No way. I mean, immediately my thought was, I can't, I can't leave for three hours. Like you're gonna have the girls all to yourself, and this is my day off, and I don't want to do that to you. And so, even though it was my birthday, it was still a little bit of like, uh, I should I enjoy this? But I did. I definitely enjoyed it. And then later that day. Well, one day we went to the mall and picked up a few things and blessed me with a couple gifts. And then we went and saw a movie, which is one of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> it's yeah. one of my favorite current times. Yeah. I don't get that phrase, pastime, just because it's in the past. past. Yeah. Whatever. We went and saw a movie, and I love it. I especially love going to movies with my wife. And it was just, it was one of the best days. Yeah. Well, and it was a movie about music, too. Which, it was a movie about music. Like, on top of, on top of, on top of your favorite mm. things. Yeah, so it just got me thinking, got me thinking. And so I I asked Tessa this earlier. I said, what would you do if you had a whole day to do whatever you wanted? And I think I originally phrased the question, what would you do if you had a whole day to yourself? Because I would want my day to myself. (laughs) That's just the way I am. Because most introverts would. So so I had to rephrase it and go, well, she said, you know, do I have to be by myself? I'm like, well, I guess not. So if you had a whole day to do whatever you wanted to do, what would you do? Tessa, are you asking? I'm me? asking you. Um, yeah, great question. I love that I was able to give you your hmm. your day this weekend. Uh, so, gosh, as much as I love my children and enjoy their company, of I course. would I would not mm-hmm. choose to have this special day um, with them for this time and place. Is that bad? Is that, that's bad. That sounds terrible. You spend almost every waking moment with them? <laughs> that is not bad. Okay. Um, I love my kids. Um, I would probably spend half the day with a friend. Maybe not half the day. Maybe like the morning. Go get coffee with someone to kind of amp up my conversation. And somebody can really just sit and enjoy a coffee and, yeah, just kind of talking about what we're learning, mm-hmm. books we're reading. Not someone you have to kind of work yeah I mean with sometimes depending I mean sometimes it's work every time just because it's not work every time but I really yeah I would want to spend probably the morning time with a friend over coffee reading maybe a book even together and we just talk about it like that would be I love that and then we could do that uh and spend the rest of the day probably Gosh, I have this, like, I don't think this is the right way to say it, but maybe I have an affinity. Infinity? Affinity. Affinity. I have that. I always use words. Derek loves when I use words <laughs> so confidently. And I, I kind of just breeze by it, and he kind of looks at me like, I don't think that was the right word. And I'm just like, it was the right word, but then he corrects me later. Or he kind of is like, I don't think you meant to use that word. Anyway, I asked this time. Mm-hmm. Um, affinity. And... Oh, shoot. I lost what I tried to You have an affinity for. 
oh, for being outside and being, especially in this great nation of the Northwest, uh, of the U S of A. And I'm just so in awe of it and love it. So I'd probably go to the beach or I'd, I'm not really much of a hiker by myself, so I probably wouldn't just go on a hike by myself, but yeah, I would probably drive to the coast Mm. and spend the day there with my Mm -hmm. feet in the freezing cold Pacific ocean. You have talked a lot about that recently, just wanting to get to the coast. Yeah. And when we were in California, I just, all I wanted to do was be at the beach, (laughs) which is not your cup of tea. No. Speaking of cup of tea. Hey, that is my move. Okay. Anyway. So that's it. You'd you'd spend the morning with a friend over coffee, maybe over a, a nice warm pastry. I mean that that's with like because we have no money to go do anything. <laughs> that's a that's an important stipulation. Is this is this limitless money? Yeah, yeah, time? exactly. Probably not. Probably just based just on your in your current, current context. context yeah. yeah, with you know your work, life, family stuff. Yeah. Right? But you could do anything you wanted for a day. Yeah, and I think as because of my where I'm at, like I don't get a lot of alone time. Yeah. Um I have to fight for it. So heck, I might even just take the whole day to myself as I'm such an extrovert, but I I'm like craving mm-hmm. more margin mm-hmm. and space. Yeah. So we would um pitch that out to you podcast listener, what would you do if you had a whole day to yourself? You could do whatever you wanted. Oh, not to yourself. I got to stop asking it that way. What would you do if you had a whole day to do what you wanted, whatever you wanted? What would you do? What would be some things that you would do? Yeah, we'd love to hear. We'd love to hear. So you could actually email us at hello at harveymade.com or maybe even leave a review with your uh, perfect scenario. What do you think, Tessa? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I think, you know, we would just then want to commission you to make that happen. Schedule it. Um, As a wise person once told me, what gets scheduled gets done. I said that. Yeah, so. I didn't come up with it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. uh, So, yeah, we would just want to encourage you to make that a priority. You and your time Mm -hmm. matter. So, spend it well. So, on to today's topic, shall we? Shall we? So today, shan't, shan't, mm, <laughs> shall, shall not no. we? I don't know. I don't speak old English. I barely speak new English. <laughs> so mm. today, we're going to talk about, drum roll please. Oh. The silent killer of relationships, and it's not what you think. Okay. <laughs> you got a little carried away on that one. Sorry. Silent killer of relationships. So before yeah, we actually talk us. about what that is, uh, maybe a little backstory. So about two and a half years ago, just after I had started writing um, on my blog, DerekHarvey.me, I wrote this blog post called The Silent Killer of Relationships. And the premise um, is essentially about handling expectations and dealing with frustration. But but the way that we stumbled across even that idea of expectations being a problem was, um, this was years ago, I can't remember now, maybe 2010, in Houston, Tessa and I had been pretty heavily involved with um, anti-sex trafficking work and, and nonprofits, and both of us are creative, and so we were using our gifts, uh, photography, design, videography, and uh, to make, you know, work with nonprofits and make a documentary and do all these things. Uh, and so we sat in a training, we had to be a part of it, a training 
that was uh, specifically for the rehabilitation of sex trafficking victims or just the rehabilitation, helping, helping the rehabilitation of uh, women who had come out of prostitution yeah. or some sort of sex work. Yeah, specifically in Houston because they they had a safe house and basically doing a training. So yeah, yeah we got to be a part of that. Yeah, which is a whole other topic. But that was where we were. And, and I don't remember where, how this had any bearing on the training, but the, the trainer um, said, do you know why most marriages end in divorce? Now, we were married a few months at this point, I think. We'd been yeah. married for a few months, and so we had been through premarital counseling, and so I confidently shot my hand up, and I'm like, I know this answer, because we just, you know, dealt with this. And, and he calls on me, and I say, sex, money, and communication. And he said, wrong. <laughs> Shot you down. Shot me down. I'm like, oh, oh. that's what I was told. Uh, <laughs> and um, so then he said, no, it's actually unmet expectations. And that has just stuck with me. That has stuck with me for years. And so when I sat down to write that blog post two and a half years ago, The Silent Killer of Relationships, that's what it was about. It was all about... That wasn't your original title, that by the way. That is true. Thankfully, my title magician sitting next to me came up with the, the actual title. But I wanted to target how to handle frustration. For me, it was it was living mm. peaceably with everyone. Like, how do I get rid of frustration? And so coming back to that idea of, oh, well, it's unmet expectations. That's the problem. That's the cause. The root, yeah. The root of frustration. And so I wrote this blog post, and I think I had was some of the titles I was kicking around was like, how to kick frustration once and for all, which it just wasn't Cute. really doing it Cute, for Derek. me. And it was like 5 a.m., 5.30 in the morning, something. I don't know why I was well, awake. Well, you were writing every day. I was writing every it day. It was like a thing you were doing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you were... And f- I just wasn't feeling that title. I wanted to publish that post that day. You happened to be awake, and I was like, hey, babe, what should I title this blog post? Because I don't, I'm not, I don't love my titles. And you, bleary-eyed and barely awake, yeah. you rolled over and you said, how about... The silent killer of relationships. Oh, really? Just like that? Probably. Really close. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, that's genius. I love that title. That's amazing. Because really, that I feel like it perfectly communicates that yeah. idea. Because it's under the surface. It's a, it is a silent killer. You don't mm. see it. You don't really even know that it's happening. Mm, no. You just, boom, all of a sudden you're frustrated. And you're like, why and am I mad? Why. And yeah. you don't know why. And so eight, nine years ago, sitting in this training, I feel like prepared, honestly, us for um, a lot of our marriage. But I really don't feel like we, we dived into it, dove into it. Mm. We dove into it until somewhat recently, at least yeah, within the last, last couple, couple of years, years, to really try to address our own expectations. So yeah, so that's, that's the topic, the silent killer of relationships. Um, you know, it's funny, in looking up uh, and finding different quotes, Antonio Banderas, of all people, says expectation is the mother of all frustration thanks antonio thanks antonio antonio banderas with the win um wow you what just, do you think you, about what you just can't help yourself i can't i'm sorry um just like you can't help you know mimicking a brit when you hear a brit it's you true. just bust into an english accent it's it's painful yeah. for everyone involved so what do you think about that quote expectation being the mother of all frustration yeah, I definitely think it's true. I believe we've experienced a lot of unmet expectations in the last 
couple years. Um, and it's been more and more evident mm. that we, when we get into conflict, it typically is at the root. Now there's been a ton of other things come up and be revealed in our personalities and how we handle conflict. That is also really helpful when handling um, disagreements or just trying to understand where the other person is coming from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we've done better at it, but at the end of it, when we get frustrated, it's usually because of an unmet expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even going back to something you, you kind of hinted at, the way we view the world or the way we experience the world bears a lot of weight in this because what typically happens is we come into a situation and the example I, the example I use in, in the blog post is, is a bit leave it to beaver, but it's an example. So go with me, which is like, if I had the ex, an expectation of that, when I come home, the house is immaculate, the kids are, you know, being perfect. Food is on the table. The kitchen's already clean. My wife looks like a supermodel. I don't know. <laughs> You do look like a supermodel. I do look like um, Thank you, babe. You're welcome. Uh, if that's my expectation, but what I walk into is the house is in disarray. You know, Tessa's still working on a project. The kids are running around. My toddler or my infant is crying her head off because she's hungry. I haven't even started dinner. I haven't even started dinner. You know, it's like that would be what you observe. Which is sometimes the reality. Sometimes the reality. <laughs> but so on one, on one, you know, on one hand that you have an expectation and then you have your observation. Right. Right. And so the, the, the formula, if you want a formula, I like formulas. I'm a math guy. The formula for this is expectation minus your observation equals the frustration. So the gap between what you expect and what you experience is frustration. So what I address in the blog post is, is to basically say, look, go with the flow, <laughs> which is overly simplistic. And I 100% understand many of the hundreds of blog comments I got about um, uh, kind of pushing back on, on this idea was people who were in relationships, um, most of them married, who were experiencing a spouse that seemed to be unwilling to change, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, and I just, over and over and over again, comments, emails, I got this from people saying, what do I do in that scenario? Do I just keep bending over backwards? Do I keep putting up with these things that I really don't like and my husband's not listening or my wife's not listening? 99% of the time it was the husband not listening. Yeah. And this, you weren't just talking about marriage, even though that was your example. And I think that's, people could got hung up on your example of that leave it to beaver, whatever style of Mm -hmm. perfection that you'd want and expectation. Um, but yeah, just dealing with expectations in relationships of all kinds, Mm -hmm. like with your parents, with your children, with like friends, friends, bosses. Yeah. So it, it really, but yeah, the go with the flow kind of Mm -hmm. could, could hit people the wrong way when they're experiencing really something heavy. Mm Yeah, and and I and I, honestly, I didn't take that into account when writing. <laughs> well, yeah, it. it was yeah. more just like, oh, I want to deal with frustration, not relationships. That was not on my radar, but um, but how we view the world, I think that's that's huge because um, what you expect in our mm. relationship mm-hmm. and what I expect in our relationship. Let's, I mean, since we're talking about marriage, let's talk about marriage. Yeah, I think we we came into marriage with expectations, and they went largely unnoticed, uh, maybe not unnoticed, but they flew under the radar 
until we started having kids. Yeah, for right? sure. That was that was the shift that I think awoke, awoke, awoken, awaked. How do you say that? Uh, awoke. I think that's right. Awoken us. This, or at least in me, this. Oh my gosh, I have I have expectations that I didn't realize I even had, and it yeah. harkens back to the example set for me when I was right. growing up exactly. and seeing how my parents were, and like, oh, that's why I expect that. Yeah, and for both of us, I mean, mm-hmm. you came from a household where you had a mom and a dad, and there was that kind of role play, and you know, dad got home, food was available, um, mom cooked and cleaned and did that thing. Mm-hmm. And so there was that expectation because that was what modeled, that was what was modeled to you. Yeah. And I, I did not have that as my experience. Um, actually with my mom and, and my dad being divorced, um, food actually, I don't even really remember what we ate very much growing up. Um, <laughs> But I do remember going to the teriyaki place near my dad's house, like, <laughs> weekly. Um, love the Northwest. There's teriyaki places everywhere. Um, yeah, so it was just, it was a, you know, completely different world getting married and realizing, oh, my husband's working, and I'm working too, but, like, I'm feeling like I have to fulfill this role, and mm-hmm. so we can get into more of that later, mm-hmm. too, yeah. of how that's flip-flopped a little bit. We've, we've kind of relaxed the, what do you call them, gender roles, I guess, mm-hmm. as far as like taking care of the home. Like we really view it as like a partnership. And mm-hmm. um, so anyway, realizing that, uh, yeah, our tool belt was given to us mm-hmm. from our parents mm-hmm. and whatever tools that is or however you see and filter mm-hmm. your reality. Yeah, but Good and bad. Yeah, both. And so we even have learned that with parenting, like with how we handle journey has been how our parents handled us. And then we were having conversations of, is that what we want? And so, yeah, I think that it's like so multifaceted, mm-hmm. um, even just like how we communicate mm-hmm. about our expectations, because Derek and I can disagree mm-hmm. about how we handle journey in a circumstance and we can disagree on, you know, some things, but we always are able to kind of communicate now better than ever because yeah. of what we've learned. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've learned Aside from everything we just talked about, one of the I think one of the key components that's really sort of improved our communication and and the way we handle conflict is self awareness. Huge. Um, my gosh, through not only just like personality typing systems um, like the Enneagram, but also through counseling. Like I, I started yeah. seeing a counselor this year, and holy moly, I, it's just been so helpful to have someone kind of help me walk through like one just my my whole my own life story and even to kind of help put together the pieces of my personality and my my you know upbringing and my current reality and and just culturally and all these things that I just wasn't able to comprehend it's like he was able to like help me put them together yeah and even just say like you don't, you're not, I don't need, you know, you don't go, need to go change it, but you just need to be aware. You need to be aware. I was just listening to another um, podcast today uh, from, uh, from someone and he said, he's a therapist and he said that um, some of the most powerful things you can do in therapy is just helping people become aware, just knowing it exists, knowing your hot button issues, knowing, you know, what you expect and why you expect them. Yeah. Just addressing them, identifying them, naming yeah. them, it, it, it makes them lose power over you. Yeah. 
some, you know, you don't want to just stop there, right? Of like just knowing, like it's important to be self-aware and to know, but then there's actually like steps that you need to take to move forward mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I, I think another tool that we've, we kind of ran into over the last year is a book by Gretchen Rubin. Mm. And she talks about kind of how to create better habits, which uh, I'm a struggle bus when it comes to <laughs> habitual things. Um, I just do not do well with like with consistency and rhythms. I struggle so hard. So I'm working on that and realizing my children need it. My husband, I need it. We all need it. Um, I just have this like spontaneous, like just heart of a butterfly. I just want to, anyway. So Gretchen Rubin wrote this book about habits, but she um, talks about these four tendencies within the book. And that's, that really grabbed me. So I ended up getting her newer book about the four tendencies. And it's really, the, the way that she poses it is the, the way that you tackle your habits is you have to know how you handle expectations. Mm-hmm. This was huge. Mm-hmm. So realizing that Derek is the obliger and he handles expectations really well when they're from other people. So the four tendencies go like this. The upholder is they handle inner and outer expectations really well. The obliger is they are good at handling inner expectations. Oh, sorry. They're not good at handling inner expectations, but they're good at handling outside expectations. The, oh shoot. What's questioner. The, the questioner, yeah, is basically you you don't necessarily do well with outer expectations. You kind of question them, but you are better at responding with the inner expectations. And then you have the rebel, which is actually resistant to both. So... If you can imagine which one I am, um, I'm the rebel. Rebel, you. And Derek's the obliger, which she talks about in her book how rebels and obligers tend to pair well together because <laughs> the obliger kind of can pick up the slack of the rebel. Oh, it's I'm tired of picking up your slack. I know it's it's <laughs> been so so long of you helping me. Um, so yeah, just that was huge um, to just know. When I have, when there's an expectation put on me, I resist it like the devil. Like I'm, which so played out in the beginning years of our marriage where you were like wanting me so badly to make dinner and have it on the table. But Mm. I just, I knew you wanted me to do it. So I resisted it. It was so terrible of me. But even now we struggle with moments of that, but I'm aware. Mm -hmm. And so when that can come up, like I can go, oh, okay. Mm I feel an expectation on me, so I'm a pu- I'm pushing back, and and then I have to choose to you know not let that mm-hmm. affect me. And I had to respond similarly. I had to realize, oh wow, I'm putting a lot of pressure on on Tessa from a myriad of reasons, but not just like the making dinner part. Yeah, but just yeah, yeah. Other... Uh, multiple things like realizing, oh wow, I have pretty strong expectations that one, I don't think were ever communicated well. First of all. And when they were communicated, they were very poorly communicated. And knowing, especially becoming aware that she's she pushes against any expectation, both her own for herself and expectations from other people, that was helpful for me because it, it allowed me to go, okay, number one, I know I have an expectation. Number two, I've not handled it properly or correctly or communicate, communicated it well. Yeah. And third, I have to, I have to fix that. Maybe not fix it, but I have to adjust. Yes, that's a good um, word. Because 
I could continue to have this expectation and put pressure on you and continue to be frustrated because you're not responding the way I want you to respond, or I can take the new knowledge I've been given, one, I have this expectation, and two, you resist expectations. I can, I can take that new knowledge and adjust mm. and say, you know what? I'm going to take that pressure off and instead participate. Yeah. So what that looks like could be, hey, um, Anything I can I can do to help make dinner tonight? Oh, so like gold. Hey, right do you there. need me to stop at the grocery for, store on my way home from work to 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 make anything dinner? One, it communicates, hey, I would love dinner. <laughs> 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 but two, it says, hey, I'm a part of this with you. Yeah. This isn't me. It took years. It took years. This was not instantaneous. <laughs> We're almost going on nine years of marriage, but it, yeah, it took time. But now I feel like I'm actually participating, and and now. I love cooking. Yeah. I, I still don't get to cook as much as I, I want to or say I want to. Uh, but I, yeah, but I do enjoy it. It's, yeah. not, it's not what I think it used to be for me, which was like, right. oh, gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. But, you know, circumstances happened. Well, and last year I had to pick up the that slack. Was, that's the story. Yeah. I had to pick up the slack because I didn't have a full-time job and all our income was coming from you. And Well, and I wasn't able to cook. I just was yeah. after we lost Haven. This was after I was, we lost Haven. was couldn't get into the kitchen for months mm-hmm. so Derek picked up the slack and he ended up loving it it was I so cute it. seeing him uh on youtube watching how to <laughs> chop an onion and <laughs> he went and spent his birthday money a couple sure years did. ago yeah. on cutting board kitchen and tools. kitchen gadgets yeah and we're pan. all about the gadgets oh, yeah. if you know us it's annoying mm-hmm. yeah we we do love our gadgets that's that's for sure i, I geeked out on on the food front but um but anyway we've you know we've talked a lot about expectations in our marriage and family life and and maybe let's look into look at look at a different avenue uh let's talk about work like let's mm. say you manage some people at work mm. or you've got coworkers, or you've even got bosses like we all have expectations that we put on people whether we know it or not totally for example for me uh, several years ago i was um i was managing um, a guy, and, and I was pretty new to management, so and didn't have a lot of training, <laughs> uh, but I was thrown into this position uh, to manage people, and so I got a lot of experience. And this particular person was completely different than me. They didn't think the way I thought. They didn't work the way I worked. They they didn't have the same expectations on themselves that I had on, on myself. Like it was really, really polar opposite. Polar opposite, and and was really hard for me. And we just had, we had multiple moments where we had sit down conversations that, that at least once got kind of heated. And I just felt like I was hitting my head against a, a brick wall or something. And, and I don't know what it was that, that snapped. I, I, it was probably a lot of prayer. <laughs> um, something in me just, just kind of helped me see that one, he's different than me. So I cannot expect that he's going to act like me, think like me, work like me, right? Totally. So, so I, I decided, you know what, I, I have to figure out how he works, what works best for him in, in, in a scenario where he feels, you know, fulfilled at work, um, challenged, but also gets to do some of the things he wants to do. And, and what was happening was he had a ton of ideas and, and I just kept shutting them down uh, because I'm very factual and I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. That, that'll cost too much money. We don't have time for that. And just, you know, over and over and over again. And, and so instead of just shooting all his ideas down, I decided, you know what, I, he, he needs some freedom. He, he needs to feel some ownership here. 
And so I decided I'm not going to shut down every idea. I'm going to let him do some of them and, and just try it. And, and not in like a, yes, you have the authority to go do this thing, go make it happen, but in a, yeah, let's try it. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, then, then we'll go back to way, the way things were. Or, um, that, so, so I started to do that. I started to kind of, uh, you know, let out the leash, I guess, a little bit more with, with this guy. And it was so helpful. Yeah. It was so helpful. What I observed was he felt, he felt more ownership. Uh, I think he felt more freedom. He felt respected. He didn't feel so shut down all the time. And I felt, honestly, I felt empowered. Even as I felt like I was in, in empowering him, I felt empowered as a leader to, to be able to stand back and go, oh, right, I have certain expectations. He has certain expectations. If I can meet him where he is, especially as a leader, like if you're a leader, if you're listening and you are a leader, that is your job. You get on their level. I think if you're a parent, you get on your child's level. Like you have to communicate where they are. Yeah. So if you're a leader, if you're managing people, figure out where your people are and, and meet them where they're at and then pull them along. Anyway, yeah. side note. Side note. Get that leadership get passion that leadership going. Pattern. Come on. Well, and to note, you guys were friends. Yes. So there was a little bit of that edge to your like shut down. Like because yeah. you know each other and so there was a little bit more of that. That's true. It's comfortability true. yes we had more history uh than just a normal you know employee coming in off the street but what that took honestly what that took was um it took courage one to realize i'm handling things wrong hmm. yeah and that's hard that's, that's hard to swallow yeah. when you realize i'm not handling this well i'm not handling this this person well so what adjustment do i need to make and so being able to step back and observe what was happening I'm doing this, he's doing that, it's driving me crazy, he's frustrated. So taking in the observation, what can we do here to reduce the frustration? Yeah. So in that scenario, it it looked like, hey, you know what? Yes, you can do this one thing, and if it works, we'll keep doing it. If not, we'll revert back. You good with that? Yes, I'm good with that. Perfect. And that that worked. And our relationship changed. Our work relationship changed. Um, That's a great example. Yeah, so it's, yeah. you know, that blog post, although seemed to focus a lot on relationships, this idea of managing unmet expectations, it, it is across the board can be um, in any area of life. Yeah. Marriage, parenting, friendships, yeah, work life. I think for me in the work realm, you know, we're, we're dealing with a lot of email correspondence these days. And... I think, you know, one, you miss out on the body language and tone and different ways of communication that are really important when you're talking to somebody so that they can like understand what you're saying. So I do graphic design and I work for this company and we build websites and we get to do these websites that are really awesome and I get really excited about it. Um, and we, we start on a Monday and we launch on a Friday for the website uh, week and the expectations are high and I I even have expectations of how the client's gonna have mm. expectations mm-hmm. so it's like it can get to be really stressful and a hot mess if I my if I'm not able to adjust my expectations with the observation of how the week is going and understanding the client and doing all this correspondence via email it, it can be really hard for me as I'm such a, like, I'm a connector and I need that, like, touch 
to somebody to like know where I'm at. Is this good? And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you get feedback of changes all the time, but never a like, oh yeah, I liked that. Thanks for doing that. I really appreciate that. You know, I'm like, where's, I need my ego to be stroked right now. Like, am I doing my job? Well, um, no, I wouldn't know if I'm not doing my job well, but I don't know. It's just, that's, that's a little insecure for me, but yeah, just realizing like I have expectations on other people and in relationships and people have expectations on me and it's, it can get really messy in relationships. And especially if you never talk about them, Mm. like I, I think it's, you know, you have parents and they expect you to act a certain way, be a certain way. And it's sometimes like, yeah, you like never knew that you're like, Oh, I didn't actually know you had that expectation on me. Mm. Um, but I think it takes, like you said, courage Mm. to one, you know, admit that the way that you're handling it is wrong and that you could probably do some good Mm -hmm. by communicating to that person. Hey, like, I I mean, it's hard to know exactly what scenario we're talking about, but just Mm. be really like humble and, and kind and just, Mm -hmm be honest and say, Hey, I know that this is what you were wanting. I don't know. It just, it can get really messy, but I think that that's where true connection and courage can happen. Mm. Move toward the messes. I heard a pastor say that one time. I love that. Move toward the messes. Relationships are messy. People are messy and, um, move toward them. Don't move away. We could sit here and talk about this for hours. I feel like, but to kind of wrap up there, there were two specific ideas or or questions that were posed to me a lot after I wrote, uh, initially wrote The Silent Killer of Relationships on my blog. Well, why did you get so many responses? That's weird. You you only had like a hundred people viewing your blog. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it was. And it's, I guess this, this really strikes a chord because it's so universal. But after I wrote that blog post, um, it, it went viral. I mean, it blew up. It went around the world. It got shared on Facebook was kind of the primary sharing engine I had I had friends all over be like, hey, my friend who doesn't know you at all shared your article. So cool. Yeah. Um, literally went around the world. Within like, what, three months? It was at like two million. I mean, within a week, yeah, it had hit, it had hit a million, over a million. I think within the year, it had hit two million. And it continues to like have spikes and it gets yeah. shared a bunch. And It resonates. Um, people are, it is a hot topic. It is a hot topic and seemed to resonate. And people want to know how to have better relationships. So... But you just, had some negative feedback then. I did, uh, yeah. And, and some, of the, so some of the biggest ones I, are kind of I want to address here because it got exhausting addressing them one comment at a time. <laughs> I should have just amended that blog post and just said, hey, in case you ask this question, because you will. <laughs> uh, but one of the, the first thing was people asked, partic- mostly women. I, I, can't, I actually can't think of any men that asked this, but it was mostly women that said, what, what do I do in the case of either one uh, betrayal or infidelity or two, just a husband who is unwilling to change. Mm. And the first thing I would say is, um, I'm sorry you're experiencing that. That is, that is really difficult. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to know what that feels like because I, I, that's, that's not been our story. And you're a um, man and I'm a man. <laughs> good, good, very <laughs> good point. Uh, but, um, and I'm not going to pretend to even know what I would do if I, I were a woman mm, in right, that situation, right. you know? Or if it was you and me and I did that. Yeah. Um, I think oh, that's hard. <laughs> that's really hard. I think, um, the, the couple of things that come to mind, first of our, well, first of all is kill him with kindness. That sounds weird to say, but, but continue to be as best as you can continue to be 
uh, loving and kind and kind of what I what I heard someone say one time is love your spouse where you want them to be. Mm. Yeah. So call them to that level. Call them up to yeah. to how you rise. see how you want them and 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 let's see if they rise to the occasion. Oh, we we have so many examples of that in our marriage mm-hmm. where I, you know, I didn't want to be the nagging wife, but it it came out and it it definitely like kept you from really operating in your fullness. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I backed down <laughs> and was more gracious and understanding and yeah. you, you, and you know, prayed for you mm-hmm. that you, you rose to the occasion yeah. time and time again, but yeah. it took, it took realizing like, Oh, I'm squashing you mm-hmm. and I'm not able to, you're not able to breathe because of me and my crazy. <laughs> It was so well intentioned, though. And again, one of the mm. things we've learned is you're just an incredibly intense, passionate person, and so yeah. thanks, you get babe. worked up about. But anyway, these but are just our observations. We're we, not necessarily right. giving advice, yes, per se. Well, I think I I try to look at every situation as there's hope here, because the second you begin to only look at all the negatives and and all the downsides and all the things that aren't working right, you that changes your brain, right? What yeah. you think about. It matters what you think about and what you focus on. And so yeah. so I think if there's any possibility that you're able to reconcile with a spouse, do it. Exhaust every resource. Use every tactic. Um, talk to every person you can. Go see, go get counseling. That's what I've told everyone, I think, yeah. is like, stop find asking me. Like, go, go find a counselor to help talk you through and walk you through these things. Um, and if your you know, spouse can go... If you can convince him to go, that would be ideal also. But Convince with love and kindness. With love and kindness. Yeah, I just think if there's any hope at all, if, there, if there's two good-willed people in a, in a marriage, things can be worked out. And now in the context of like infidelity, that's, that's hard. And I'm not even going to begin to even speak into that because I, I can't, I won't. If I had to say anything, it would be fight, fight for your marriage. Uh, do everything you can to fight to fight for your marriage. But I think that self-awareness piece is huge. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can fight for your marriage if you don't even know what you're fighting for because mm-hmm. you don't even know who you are. Yeah. You don't even know who you're married to. Yeah. So it That's... can really be a helpful, useful tool is knowing who you are and mm-hmm. knowing who your spouse is and then moving towards each other with that loving kindness. Yeah, that's great, babe. Boom, mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> um, the second thing, and this is really in line with the first thing, which is... Um, I got a lot of, again, primarily women, which is sad for the men because it means that there's a lot of men out there who are not, well, who aren't being men. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, That'll be another podcast. (laughs) Another podcast. With primarily women reaching out and saying, with anger, honestly, and I think justified, mad that I would pose this kind of formula. Hey, just, you know, go with the flow. Take in your observation and then adapt. Um... And so, yeah, those women were angry that I would even suggest that, saying, so you just want me to bend over backwards? So I should just put up with a pig-like husband who won't clean up after himself or who treats me like I'm his slave? You want me to just go with the flow? Mm. Well, in response, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be clear, no. I do not advocate being a doorstep uh, for your your spouse to walk all over you. That's not what I'm saying. Um, although it can certainly come across that way. Yeah. Only, again, you're not able to show them body language or 
tone when mm-hmm. communicating this post. Yeah. So Yeah, because the crux, part of the crux of, of this whole topic is one that the expectations are unmet, but the other part is that they're uncommunicated. So sometimes just a little communication goes a long way. And again, I know every situation's different. Um, every spouse is different. Everybody's self-awareness level is different. All those things come into play. But what I would say is, no, don't just bend over backwards, but respond with, with love, respond with kindness, respond with humility, and, uh, and approach, I would say, approach whatever situation you're dealing with, with the, uh, the possibility that maybe you're wrong about something. Maybe mm. you've contributed to the problem mm. because we like mm. to so be a victim yeah. and, and point the finger when it takes two to tango. It takes two to, to screw things up. Um, in my mind, in my opinion. Um, so tango really, babe. Well, you know, to tango or whatever tackle. Uh, (laughs) so I come into a situation knowing, okay, what have I done to perpetuate this problem and start there? Don't, don't start by trying to fix the other person. You won't, you can't stop it. The only person you can control is yourself. Are you telling this to me right now? (laughs) No. If anything, I'm reminding myself. (laughs) I cannot control my (laughs) four-year-old. You said it with such passion. I'm like, yes, baby. Like I can only control myself. Well, because that's just that's the kind of the state of humanity right now. My gosh, Mm -hmm. if you look at our politics and elections and just everybody finger pointing and like, come on, give me a break. We have all contributed to the problems that we encountered. Part and Mm -hmm. so we need to be able to step into situations and own what we have screwed up. Yeah. However small, however big, we need to be able to own what we've done and what we brought to the problem and, and, and start there. Mm. I would remove yourself from trying to fix another person. Start with what have I done mm. and work on That's that. That's so hard, but so good, babe. Think? Yeah. And we just really feel like we want to just encourage you guys to just be aware, be aware and start looking through different resources mm. that could possibly help you grow mm-hmm. in your self-awareness and to recognize some areas that you could own up to Mm -hmm. and um, possibly even uh, confess. And I know that word confess sounds really weird. And Mm -hmm. you're like, "Uh, am I going to a priest or am I going to prison? Am I going to prison? (laughs) I mean, you're going to priest or prison. (laughs) But confession, just telling the truth. So whether that's the truth of, hey, like I have this expectation on our relationship and I'm really sorry. Like that would be really, really hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee you there you'll actually feel so much freedom mm-hmm. uh, once you can be open with another person in that capacity and just yeah. to share. Yeah, so I, I, again, and we mentioned a couple of these tools, but um, some things I would, I would say to check out are, you know, check out Gretchen Rubin's The Four Tendencies book. It's really helpful. You could look into personality typing systems like Myers-Briggs, I know, is helpful. The Enneagram has been really helpful for us recently. Yeah. And, and we'll put links to these, um, to these things in, different the, books in the description. Resources. Yeah, so you can go check those out on your own time. So that's it for this episode. Hopefully this was helpful for you. And if it was, we, asked, uh, we would ask just a couple of things of you. Number one, share it with a friend. Number two, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews really help more people see it. And we would love to offer hope to as many people as possible. And number three, if you like what you've heard so far, go ahead and subscribe. And and then when a new podcast comes out, you'll know when it's available. So thanks for listening. Tessa, any last words? In the words of J.R.R. Tolkien, not all those who wander are lost. 
So let's be wanderers together. See you guys next time on the Wanderers Podcast.